That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, Jake's returned from outer space, which is what he sounded like he was in from his microphone in the last several weeks. We hope we fixed the problem. He's got a sweet gaming mic, it's got little cat ears like uh, PewDiePie sensation of youtube this episode is brought to you by henry smith and so and his Fortnite headphones so <laughs> which is jake's son yeah uh yeah no uh we do apologize for that listeners uh we're working on it you know we're we're not audio geniuses yeah. we're just T- lowly parish priests. tj is but uh you know he can only do so and much he's doing the best you can working with sub <laughs> subpar materials loaves in, and fishes people loaves the, and fishes the, the talent the talent is lacking all right. Well, here we are, Easter Sunday. You clergy who are preparing sermons, if you're anything like us, you're probably just, you know, coming in on fumes at this point. Uh, so we want to keep this short and sweet. And to that end, there's a lot of readings that we could have chosen for today. We're picking the shorter ones <laughs> out of mercy uh, towards ourselves. Do your and congregation a favor. And your congregation, yeah. But Jake, before that, you doing all right? Yes, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Hanging in there. So, yeah. Great. What I mean, (laughs) let me just tell you, I am finding that we are coming out of the pandemic and things are going back to normal. And uh, I am exercising like liturgical muscles we haven't done in a while. Like we started passing the plate. We're moving to a chalice here pretty soon. And uh, people are wanting like midweek Bible study and all of these things in person. And yet, it's still kind of a grind to get people out. So anyway, just confess. So it's kind of like we're working again, like really. I mean, we weren't. It's not that we weren't working before, but it's like you know, kind of. It's this hybrid model of kind of bringing everything back in person, and also doing stuff online is a little tiring. Yeah, I was just talking to somebody today who was saying like they feel in ministry feel like they're ministering to like five different congregations. There's the in-person congregation, there's the online congregation, there's the people that are normally in person but are sometimes online. <laughs> They're, you know, the people who are still afraid of COVID, the people who've been over it for months, yeah. you know, mentally over it. Like, it's just and all, all of them of are blam- I can I can totally relate. And all of them are blaming you for everything going wrong. So, <laughs> did you see yeah. that amazing meme of the guy? Uh, it's like, it's like this hoop dancer, and she's dancing through all of these different hoops, and it was like a minister on a daily basis, and so yeah. so that's true. So, but other than that, I'm doing great. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Can relate. So, Good. Uh, all right. hey, before we get started, though, I do want to make an amazing plug. And so, plug it. Well, first of all, why don't you go ahead and plug <clears throat> Mockingbird? Well, if you're listening to this... You know, after Easter, basically 10 days after Easter, we kick off the 14th annual Mockingbird Conference in New York City. And if you are a listener to this and uh, you're like, you've heard us talk about this conference, you're like, why would I ever go to that? It means meeting new people in an unfamiliar place and there's some, I got to do my travel and stuff like that. (laughs) I get it. But wherever you live, you're probably near an airport and 
chip tickets to New York are cheap these days, and uh, the Mockingbird Conference, I've never heard anybody go and be disappointed. They're, sometimes they're hesitant before they go, and then they go, and they always think it's amazing, and it is. The speakers are fantastic. The people are amazing. The food is great. Just the location, Calvary St. George, where Jake uh, works and lives, is amazing. Uh, I can't say enough about it, so go to ember.com. And uh, register. It's not too late to register for the Mockingbird <clears throat> Conference in New York. And then I want to end the lesson. I want to give a shout out to uh, Amber Noel and the Living Church Podcast, and all of our friends at the Living Church. Uh, the Living Church Podcast is essentially an amazing podcast that explores ecumenical topics in theology, the arts, ethics, pastoral care, and spiritual growth, all to equip and encourage leaders in the Episcopal Church, Anglican Communion, and beyond. And it is a ministry of the uh, Living Church Institute, and I did a podcast with them on preaching, and uh, they are great people, and it is, um, there's no problems with the mic there. So anyway, <laughs> great, That's right. great Thanks team. Thanks for uh, <laughs> ad-libbing that, Jake. It totally felt extemporaneous. Yeah, did it? Well did it feel from the heart? Because it, it, it was. Did. I will say, I, I subscribe to the Living Church magazine. St. Albans supports the Living Church. We love the Living Church. And... Uh, I listened to that podcast, the one, that, the episode that you were on, Jake, and you were fantastic. I learned all these things about you that I didn't know, oh. uh, and I just I want you to teach me all that you learned from John Howe, T.D. Jakes, Tim Keller, mm. and all the preachers that you listened to on tapes back when you were five years old. So yeah. that's for another episode. <laughs> but I appreciate it. you. Did, I I learned from it. You were good. you were great. Thank you, thank you. No and problem. so um, well, good. Well, here we are, Easter Sunday. I do just, I think it's important that we start right at the outset, you know, that great word, we are called to feed the sheep and not giraffes, and especially on Easter Sunday. Uh, remember, everybody, the gospel is ultimately a short word. Now, what happens uh, in churches on Easter Sunday, just setting the tone, is that this is the opportunity, you've got all sorts of new folks coming, people who haven't been back to church, people coming out of the pandemic and thinking they'll give you a second shot. And... Uh, and your instinct is going to want to put on the biggest show ever. Two hours, lots of music, you know, the, um, the offertory anthem, 45 minutes long. And this is your chance to really um, exegete even the shortest passages in the lectionary, the Acts reading and the First Corinthians, and really give it to them. And uh, that instinct uh, is wrong. And so, uh, what, do, what, do, what, do, what do we want to try and accomplish, Aaron, on an Easter Sunday liturgy, an Easter Sunday service? An Easter Sunday sermon. Uh, yeah, so I think you keep it to the point. I, my rules are you talk about the resurrection. To me, the fundamental meaning of this is that Jesus has defeated death and also that there's no problem in your life that is beyond the redemptive power of God. While it may not look like it gets fixed in your time or in your way, um, nothing is impossible for God. So that's always sort of the main thrust of the message. But I also do think it's important to be, if you know, I, I hesitate in this because it's not every persons who's in a pulpit it's not their natural gift or whatever but if you can be funny a little down to earth um i think if you can get people to laugh uh that is i mean i try to use humor a lot in my preaching because i think it disarms people and, and lowers the emotional and mental barriers to what you're about to say um but the resurrection is deeply funny i mean it's just it's hilarious <laughs> it's comedic uh and i don't say that to make it any less significant it is it's the turning point of all history, all human history in the world. But it is also really funny. Uh, and even the way the resurrection story is told with the, the, the women going to the tomb and thinking that he's going to be there and that he's not. And 
uh, if you do the John reading, which we won't be talking about today, the whole thing where Mary thinks he's the gardener, like a case of mistaken identity, that's funny too. So just feel freedom to, uh, you know, uh, be be funny, be real, you know, be and, honest. And and it's, that's what I would say. Yeah, and everything you've said is embodied in that third collect for Easter. It's um, one of the, it's the third option that we have. And it's like, Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, overcame death... And open to us the gate of everlasting life, the meaning of the resurrection. Grant that we, who celebrate with joy, you know, and with joy comes laughter and a lot of humor, uh, but who celebrate with joy the day of the Lord's resurrection, may be raised from death of sin by your life-giving spirit, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. I mean, really, that's what it's all about. Uh, we're talking about, those are themes, joy, laughter, uh, raised from sin and death, um, everlasting life. These are all themes that you got to hit and uh, should hit and uh, to give your folks uh, a lot of comfort and really to surprise them with the resurrection once again. I'm always surprised. I know you said that you like a lot of humor, but I'm always surprised in my Easter Sunday sermon how many new people are there. And so I'll drop a joke and like the handful of regulars laugh, but there's always like, it's kind of, and I, I always say, oh, that was supposed to be really funny. Or, uh, you know, um, hey, you can that laugh looked, here. That sounded better on my notes. Yeah, yeah, you can laugh here. The amount of people that all of a sudden just start really laughing. Uh, because, because they feel the freedom. Yeah, but they're, but people are going to come in and they're going to be uh, feeling uptight a little bit. And so, to, to yeah. disarm them and give them such an experience of the resurrection that they're like, damn, I might want to go back to that church. Yeah, and don't we say this every year? We always have new listeners. We assume, <laughs> uh, and uh, maybe, <laughs> uh, we hope. But if you are a new listener and you are a preacher, just remember: do not do the thing where you make fun of the people, even lightly. That's right. Make fun of the people who didn't, who who, who only show up on Christmas or Easter. If you want to guarantee those people never come back again, just make fun of them on Easter Sunday. That's 100%. So please don't do that. And uh, don't sing weird hymns. Uh, definitely <laughs> sing the hymns that people would know. Uh, and uh, this is not the time to experiment with, yeah. um, you know, Philip Glass's Easter cantata or whatever. So do something normal and good. All right. So end of the PSAs for Easter. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this Acts 10. What are you laughing about now? I just You're thinking about ways to make fun of no, people. Well, I'm not going to say, but I did go to a church one time um, on an Easter morning, and there wasn't a singable hymn in that place. And uh, uh. they almost like, they prided themselves in it, you know, singing the, like uh. the random, you know, 500, hymn number 500 that nobody knows. And, Don't um, make it hard. Yeah, it was uh, really funny because there were like only four people singing. That's funny. Well, uh, okay. So you know now what not to do, and now on what you should do in terms of preaching. So Acts 10, the context here is um, Peter is talking to Cornelius, and it says, and other Gentiles. So he's had this vision on the roof uh, where he was told to eat all the unclean animals, and Cornelius is a Roman centurion. He's a Gentile. And this is where Peter's mind is getting blown that I guess the gospel is not just for Jewish people. It's also for Gentiles. <laughs> and so, um, but I would say if I was going to talk about, so this is in a miracle, Peter is brought to preach the gospel in Cornelius's house. And after he preaches the sermon, which is the reading, all of them come to faith and get baptized immediately. And it's fantastic. But 
the reason it's included is because it's Peter giving a summary of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. For you as a preacher, at least me, well, I won't speak for you, but as for me, what I would talk about this um, is uh, the last part, the forgiveness of sins through his name. Like Jesus' death on the cross means that your sins are dealt with. He, re- he takes them into his body and then he dies. And, he, and the fact that he rises again from the dead means that he has left those sins in the tomb. If your sins were strong enough to beat Jesus, he would still be dead in that tomb. Mm. But the fact that he rises from the dead means that they are actually defeated and you are actually forgiven. And I would just, that is such a foreign and hard and difficult idea for people to accept that they are forgiven, that they are loved, that they can stop beating themselves up for five seconds. That's probably what I would talk about. And you could also, as a side note, talk about the fact that, like, Jesus uh, was betrayed uh, and sinned against by all of his disciples. And yet, Jesus, as Peter says in this passage, uh, Jesus still chose to eat and drink with those disciples after he rose from the dead. And Peter mentions that. And to him, that would be significant. Because that conversation where Peter's saying, you know, Jesus ate and drank with with, um, them after he rose from the dead, that is to me a reference Peter his own heart because Jesus has breakfast with them on the beach and and like very intentionally forgives Peter for his massive betrayal Mm. one of the bonus parts of this episode is because Jake has this new mic that's so close to his face whenever he drinks water during the podcast it's just you hear the swallowing and it's fantastic oh you did yeah it was great it's fantastic (sighs) I just can't (laughs) win on the mic so I, th- I think one I thing it. I would I say it. is uh, I would talk about the truth. The truth is, is that the message is the same everywhere and always, you know, um, Amen. to everybody. It's not uh, truly I understand that God shows no partiality. Uh, you know, um, wherever you are, whoever you are, this message is for you. It's not that Aaron and Jacob receive a special message, although we did. Um, but <laughs> it, uh, you know, but it's the same message for everyone, and that is that uh, that that Christ has been crucified for you, and that God has raised him on the third day, uh, so uh, that you might be forgiven, and so uh, in His name. And so there you go. Happy Easter. Yeah, and to that point, by the way, like, don't feel the need to preach on every single passage. You know, just going back to our earlier point about keeping it short, like, um, yeah, the, keep the, choose one, say the main thing, Jesus rose from the dead, the defeat of sin, death, and the devil, you're loved and forgiven, happy Easter, amen. So, uh, moving on, though, to this First Corinthians reading, again, which we've chosen from the many options, because it's shorter, um, this is St. Paul talking to the church in Corinth about the reality of the resurrection and that if it didn't happen you know we're most to be pitied uh, it is really really important that this um that this really happens so he just paul just kind of doubles down on the on the historicity of it um and he's doing some theological work here uh i feel that even though this is a short passage it's a little bit harder to unpack just because you have to do some of the homework about how we all die in adam and all we made alive in christ there's a little bit of going back to genesis here and um this idea of christ being the first fruits of the resurrection of the dead um so if you do preach on this um 
The, you just the, keep I, it short. You just hit. This yeah. is like actually the implications of the resurrection. Uh, that's what Paul is talking about here is the implication of Jesus's resurrection from the dead. So, um, and this is why he says, uh, if for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied because the idea being that uh, they're thinking Jesus didn't raise from the dead, but the resurrection actually happened. It's not a metaphor for spring. It's not, uh, you know, it's not about butterflies and, and chicks. This actually happened in real time and in real history. And so, because the fact that Jesus has been raised from the dead, so will you. Because that's the ultimate question that every religion is trying to get at. That's the ultimate question that everybody is wondering as they're laying in a hospital bed and hearing the beeps. What happens when I die? Well, Christianity has a definitive answer for you, and this is what we celebrate on Easter. That because Christ has been risen from the dead, in him, so shall you. Death will not have the final say. And we're not talking about abstract orbs or any of that crap. We're talking about real physical resurrection. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And Jesus is the sign that it has been. Hmm. Uh, by the way, I just have to note that Lau Lovett played in Waco this uh, past weekend. So lucky. And I went to hear him. And it was phenomenal. And he played with the Waco Symphony. It sounded incredible. And he mentioned, I didn't know this, he's a, like a real card-carrying, legit Lutheran. And he, like he learned how to sing in church. He told a lot of stories about growing up in church. And he apparently sings at his home church north of Houston every Easter and Christmas. And he sung this song. It's an Easter song that was written by the music director's church, this Lutheran church. I forget the name of it, but it's in, I think, Klein Community north of Houston. Uh... And it was gorgeous. And I just, I have to say, even though this is being recorded in Lent and I heard the song during Lent, it was like such a beautiful taste of that. And I just was feeling the joy of this, uh, of the resurrection uh, as he sang that. And I was feeling that as you were just talking about it, Jake. I mean, it really is the hope. Uh, it's on, it's the thing on which everything turns. Like if Jesus is just good advice and, you know, meaningful stories right now, but there's no, and you know, as you said, listening to the beeping when you're lying in the hospital bed, um, like it's just, it's pretty bleak. Uh, human history is almost intolerable yeah. without the hope of the resurrection. Um, especially as we, as we're recording, continue to witness just the death and destruction all over the world, uh, yeah. and particularly in Ukraine, but lots and lots of places have been undergoing the <laughs> same or worse for longer. We just weren't paying attention. Yeah. And I think that's going to become more and more of a reality actually in the world, I think is especially as, I mean, uh, believe me, you know, well-meaning, uh, friendly liberals like you and I have already been on social media for several years. Uh, who's, who's discovering it now and all of its benefits are, are uh, totalitarians. And, um, and uh, this, uh, uh, I don't think we've seen the worst of the human condition actually played out. And uh, I think all the more reason we should be preaching the gospel and the resurrection of the dead. Well, maybe, and I would say, I would add to that, yes, but we sort of have. We just forgot about it. Yeah, it was pretty for terrible sure. during the Roman era. It was yeah. pretty terrible. Yeah, that, that, that's... The Mongol, the Mongol, yeah, but anyways. That's what I meant. We forgot that, yeah, yeah I don't know, yes. I just didn't want to get angry emails from historians. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, you what know. I'm saying is is that I think, you know, we've been, we've been sheltered for a while. It's been there festering. Yeah. But what I think is going to happen, especially as pe more people get access to social media and things like that, it's, yeah. Uncle Fester. Mm -hmm. 
Anyway, we uh, back to the good news <laughs> of the family. gospel. Okay. So what you, so you don't want to do is use that yeah. as an illustration on your Easter Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. Don't be a downer. Yeah. Uh, or to the extent that you mention the difficulty of the human condition, which I think mm-hmm. one yeah, should. Definitely. But just very pivot, like quick pivot to the, like, yes, life is hard and we all deal with these things. And that's why the resurrection yeah. matters Use it so like a profoundly. So. Yeah. <laughs> But in a good way, like tell the truth and then tell the truth of the resurrection. Well, well I'm telling you, the um, truth the truth of, of the human condition only makes the resurrection shine all the more, you know? And so, because it says this ain't going to have the final say. And, uh, you know, and there were some ladies there who uh, showed up to the tomb in our Luke reading from Luke chapter 24, who thought, and a bunch of disciples who all thought death had had the final say. And, uh, but boy, were they surprised. And, uh, I mean, I love this passage from Luke. Uh, what sticks out to you about it? Um, that nobody thought he was going <laughs> to uh, be raised from the dead. Yep. He had said it over and over and over again. And here you have the women who were, like, not quite as terrible as the dudes. Like, the dudes all left, all fled. Peter was terrible. Judas was terrible. Everybody fled. Mm-hmm. And these women have not... Uh, they come to this beautiful thing. They're up early. They want to do this devotional act for the Lord. And they go not because they think there's a resurrection, but because they absolutely think he's still dead and need to finish, like, preparing his body for burial. That's why they bring spices. You don't bring spices for someone you think is alive. So uh, one of the things I talk about is that the resurrection, like, there's a lot of ways that Christianity is presented where it's very much up to you the Christian, to get it right. (laughs) It's up to you to be faithful. It's up to you to be pious. It's up to you to memorize verses. It's up to you to uh, take every thought captive. It's up to you uh, to be totally sold out and on fire for the Lord. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's all kind of what you're doing. And what's beautiful about the resurrection is that none of them had faith it would happen. These women, as devoted and faithful women as they were, They went to see a dead man. That's why they brought spices. And yet the resurrection still happened. Um, And even the disciples, the men, (laughs) they, they think it's an idle tale, it says at the end of this passage. They don't believe. And yet the resurrection still happened. So to your congregation gathered that morning, there are going to be people that are faithful and people that are unfaithful. People that are believers, people that are agnostics, people that are atheists, whatever. And the beauty is that the resurrection happened. And it doesn't... I mean, we want them to believe and accept its reality for them in their own lives. But um, thank God, the truth of the resurrection does not depend on them. And this is the good news that's given to all of them. So that's what I would kind of uh, really focus on uh, on this passage. But there's a lot of angles you could take. Uh, um, what do you think, Jake? What would you add? Or uh, how would you say this? I would say that... Um yeah, I mean, I think another interesting way you could go about this is that a lot of people in your congregation are going to be coming thinking that this is an idle tale. You know, here you are, you're a peddler for a metaphor for spring. Here you are, you're a, you're a, you're a peddler of, you know, um, you know, God's going to help you, like you said, like a lot of Jesus-focused stuff. And uh, that... Um, that even we, in our darkest hours, oftentimes think uh, that this is an idle tale. However, this, uh, this event 
had been foreshadowed for 5,000 years. You know, this is, uh, uh, they remembered the words that he had been spoken to, you know, and so this is, um, I think that the point is, is that this is real and that mm. this uh, causes people uh, to still move today and uh, changes lives still today. And um, that the real Jesus is there to meet you in church today, the resurrected Christ by the power of his spirit. And uh, it, it has, it will, and it can change your life. That's, mm. I mean, that's basically what I, that's what I'm going to say. Just like, you know, I mean, uh, and the other thing is I love that Peter, the other thing that you might want to talk about is Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Mm. And he got up and ran to the tomb because uh, he actually believed, I mean, if, so if I denied somebody three days that led to their death <laughs> and they yeah. got up out of the tomb, I'd be totally terrified. And uh, this is uh, most people's relationship with God. If you boil it down at two in the morning, they're afraid of God. Um, they either they're indifferent, they think it's an idle tale, or they're, um, they're uh, terrified of him. But the truth is, is that this is a historical event. It actually happened. If it didn't happen, count me out. I'm out of this mm. thing. Um, so, but this actually happened in real time, in real history. And then two, um, what it says is, is that um, God has come back not as your enemy, um, but God has come back from the dead as your friend. And uh, like Peter's about to discover, he wants to eat with you. And uh, he wants to commission you. And in light of all he's done for you, send you out uh, for his sake. Amen. Well, I'm encouraged by having heard you uh, in your preliminary here preaching of Easter, Jake. And uh, so if you're in New York, go to Calvary St. George's. And yeah, and if you're in uh, Waco, go to St. Albans. Amen. Well, that's about it. That'll do us for Easter Sunday. We'll see you guys or talk to you guys next week. And we'll talk about the second Sunday of Easter. Mm -hmm. Low Sunday, but mm -hmm. it's always a Sunday to preach the gospel. Amen. So until see next time. Peace. Somebody's looking, somebody cares. Somebody wonders what you're doing today. You know, we crucified him, buried him, but three days later, well, the stone got rolled away. And yes, Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production, and remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.